McKinney Smith is an award-winning entrepreneur and founder of A Walk in My Stilettos. As a mindset coach, she has created a successful business focused on personal development and helping women thrive. She's also a podcast host, five-time author, and a social media influencer. So welcome to the Real Talk About Entrepreneurship podcast. Today I have with me a wonderful person who I've been following on Instagram for a long time now, and I'm just glad that we're going to get to have a conversation about what you do. Makini Smith, yay, applause. (laughs) Um, So just to get started, introduce yourself. Well, uh, first of all, thank you for having me on the podcast. I've been following you for a while as well, and I love the work that you do. So I'm I'm honored to be um, on your show. In terms of what I do, I'm a certified mindset coach. I was certified through uh, my late mentor, Bob Proctor, um, through the Proctor and Gallagher Institute. I'm a five-time author and I host a podcast as well, which is globally ranked in the top 1.5% of most popular shows in the world. And it's called the Heal Her Podcast. That is awesome. So, so much to to unpack (laughs) from what you just told me. So first of all, Bob Proctor, um, you're the second person in my circle who who has been mentored by him. So I guess he touched a lot of lives and that's beautiful. Yeah. And then five-time author? What is that? So talk to <laughs> So first of all, just give us like a list of your books, what books you've written and, you know, like, yeah, just a, an overview of the books you've written so far. Yeah. So um, all five books fall in the personal development um, tools to help other people to, you know, walk in their own greatness. Um, The first one was really uh, me sharing my story. And um, it's called A Walk in My Stilettos, How to Get Through the Struggle with Grace. And Bob Proctor's wife wrote the foreword for that book. The second book is 111 Affirmations to Help You Heal, which are just affirmations that I used on my journey. Mm. The third is a gratitude journal because Bob Proctor taught us the importance of actively practicing gratitude. And um, the fourth is a couple's gratitude journal to help couples to basically stay on the same page in their relationship. And the fifth uh, book, which was released this year, is a partnership that I did with another uh, Proctor & Gallagher coach and it's called Renewing Your Mind. It's a guide to transforming your world from chaos to clarity. And Bob Proctor's son uh, wrote the forward on that one. So all books are available on all major online bookstores, uh, including Walmart, Target, Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, you name it. That's so awesome. So I've been, I've been attracting a lot of authors into my life. So I feel like it's time for me to become an author. <laughs> <laughs> When you're ready, I got you because I also own a company um, that helps women entrepreneurs to publish using the same tools and resources as traditional publishers. So it's funny. So um, the first author I've spoken to is this guy called Andy Dooley. And we've been following each other again on Instagram for a long time. And he launched his first book too at the end of last year. And it's um, Building a Family of Faith. It's a beautiful, cute book. It's everywhere like Barnes and Noble and all that wonderful stuff. The second one I met was a fellow Nigerian guy who also lives in the U.S., and he's written three books already and he wrote his last one in two months i'm just like tell me how Mm -hmm. you do it um so yeah i feel like it's time for me to to get my book out there i've had a title of a book and a rough concept for about a year now i think this is the year that i put it out there so it is it is the year you put it out and we'll talk offline later exactly all right perfect awesome so let's get back to you mckinney talk to me about mindset coaching i feel like people have a broad idea of what that means but mm-hmm. specifically to you and what you practice, what is mindset coaching? 
So mindset coaching and what I practice through um, the training that I have, it's a mix of both business and personal development. At the end of the day, our mindset affects everything that we do. You know, our business relationships, personal relationships, um, our confidence to go out in the world and pursue opportunities and achieve our goals. So essentially, it's helping people who feel like they're stuck, people who are procrastinating, you know, people who feel like they're drowning in their current circumstances, helping them to shift their thought process, their paradigm. Um, you know, their habitual way of thinking, helping them to basically focus on a goal and actually take the actions to get there. So we work through, you know, different um, parts of our habits, um, but we start with like goal setting. Uh, we work on awareness, um, productivity, efficiency, uh, understanding how the mind works, um, you know, that includes your memory and all those things. Um, and then one particular part that I find for women that we focus on a lot is our self-image because there's the image on the outside, which people see, you know, how we look and how we walk and how we talk, but it, our image on the inside, the inner self-image, which affects our confidence levels. It affects how we think about, you know, what we deserve or what we should be going after. So being able to change that and help people to create a new self-image so that they can become who they are truly meant to be. Um, you know, we work on things like overcoming fear. Uh, well, necessarily it's not overcoming, it's working through the fear because the fear still exists. We just learn how to work through it. Um, you know, attitude and leadership and masterminds. So we cover all of those things. First of all, there's so, again, there's so much to unpack there <laughs> because like where it comes to mindset in general, I'm of the opinion that no matter what kind of help you're getting in whatever arena of your life, if there's if there isn't a mindset component, it's a mm -hmm. waste. Yeah, that's agreed. that's one of the things I've learned is that you know I, I hosted a live seminar the other day, and since since I start since I started to understand that for me personally, the main thing that stands between me and who I know I can become is my mindset. I've started to infuse that into my practice, even as a content strategist, marketer, and all that stuff. And so at the uh, seminar I had, we talked about the mindset stuff before we went into the strategic and tactical stuff, because the strategic and tactical stuff won't work if this, yeah. <laughs> if <Right>. those mindset <laughs> and mental blocks are still standing in your way. That's yes. the first thing. And then the second thing is you mentioned how, you know, you have the inner self-image and then the outward self-image. And I'm going to get vulnerable here. This is a real talk about entrepreneurship podcast. You guys know me. I'm always vulnerable. And I try to be candid about my journey. And one of the things I realized a couple of years ago before embarking on my own, actually right when I started embarking on my own personal mental health, you know, recovery journey was that I always appeared confident to people. People saw confidence in me. But what I realized when I started to unpack that was it was a full confidence. It was like a confidence like you wear, but internally, I wasn't feeling as confident. I didn't feel as mm -hmm. confident as I appeared to people, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes we use a lot of things to mask that lack of confidence we feel inside. It might be the makeup you wear, it might be the outfits you wear, the way you speak, you know, all that stuff. But not until I went on my personal healing journey did I start to really dig deep and approach confidence from within. So from yes. your professional perspective and experience, talk to me more about that dynamic, Yes. Um, well, I mean, first to start with what you're saying before about, you know, everything starts with mindset. I, I think a closed mind can't accept new ideas. Mm -hmm. So if we have, you know, a fixed mindset and our mind is not open to other possibilities or um, perspectives, then we're limiting ourselves right there. 
Um, That's a quote. The, a closed mind cannot accept fixed ideas, right? A Was closed mind can accept new ideas. A closed mind can accept new ideas. That's a quote. Yeah. That's a quotable. Okay, sorry for interrupting. <laughs> I, just wanted to, I just wanted to highlight that. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, I think I may have got that from my mentor, but I don't know. It's already like, deep into my mind now. Right, right. Um, and then in terms of self-image. So uh, like you said, um, we are really good at showing up on the outside, you know, doing our hair, our makeup, our nails, how we walk, how we talk. But that's all the outer self-image. That's, again, like you said, it's like a mask that we wear, right? It's it's a superficial layer. But when you get to the inner self-image, um, it's really about the identity of who you are. It's about your inner belief systems. It's about... Um, it's almost like the, the inner mirror of what you're really thinking about yourself. Yeah. And it's very easy for us to dress up the outside and make it look good. But what's happening on the inside, basically you can see that by the results that we get in our life. So what's going on in someone's head or what you see in someone's life or how you see someone's life is a reflection of what's happening inside in their head. So, you know, if we feel that we're not confident at something, we may not go after certain opportunities. We may not price ourselves at what we're valued at. We may not enter into or stay in a relationship because we feel we don't deserve it. Yeah. Um, so there's so it's it creates all these blockages. So once you are able to basically recreate the self-image, the new identity of who you want to be, you open yourself up to so many more possibilities than you ever thought possible previously. Mm. Um, and it's, I, I want to say it's simple, but it's not simple. <laughs> it's basically like, you know, because so at the end of the day, we are the only ones that can change our self-image. Mm. It's up to us. No one else can do that for us. And when my sister passed away in 2012, I had to kind of ask myself, like, you know, what legacy do I want to leave behind? How do I want to be remembered? And because she was always reaching out to people, making them feel supported and doing all those things, I was at the time stay at home mom and wife. I was only really concerned with what was happening in my household. But when I started to look at her qualities that I admired and I started to emulate those after she passed, I started to shift my self-image. I started to shift who I was. And that opened up so many doors for me. Um, but I was able to basically recreate my self-image. Um, so sometimes we may feel not so confident in doing the thing, because I can tell you as someone who is an introvert, who is naturally very shy, um, <laughs> and it used to be hard for me to come out of my comfort zone. When I recreated that self-image, being able to, um, uh, how do I say this, do uncomfortable things, but then you do it consistently until you become comfortable in that thing, you build the confidence there. You build your confidence through your competence. Mm -hmm. You know, oftentimes we, especially as entrepreneurs, we may be unfamiliar in something as we are venturing through, but once we continue to do it, then we start to get better at it, then we can excel at it, then we can teach it, you know, coach it, do all those things. But it starts out with not feeling comfortable in it. It starts out with, probably being afraid, but we have to push through <laughs> our fears yeah. to be able to gain the rewards that are on the other side of that. Again, so much to unpack there. Because <laughs> as you were speaking, I was, just, I was picturing myself. So first of all, I'm an introvert too. And that's the funny thing with us as introverts. It's like when I tell people I'm, I'm an introvert now, they don't believe me. But mm -hmm. there was a summer, I remember in my teens, where for like two months, 
I didn't like step on the outside of our house because I was too shy, mm-hmm. right? That's how much of an introvert. In fact, my mom looks at me right now. She sees me as a miracle in her life because she's like, <laughs> how are you out there doing all these things? I remember you used to be so shy. And it started from when I was a kid, like a little kid. I've always had like, I've, I don't know if you've ever done any studies on like, um, highly sensitive, like highly sensitive mm-hmm. people, yeah. like yeah. it's a thing. Yeah. I am very high on the spectrum there, with that. <laughs> there you go. Likewise, you know, it's 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 a thing. It's been it's been studied now, right? Yeah. And you know, typically the world isn't constructed to help us manage our sensitivities, and we kind of have to figure it out on our own. And mm-hmm. you know, for the longest time, I was very shy. But I'm here today. I'm giving seminars, and again, like you said, it's all about stepping outside of your comfort zone and doing things that don't feel comfortable until they do. And yes. as you were saying that again, I remembered how right before I launched this podcast, right before I started doing, I, I resumed my YouTube channel, uh, all that stuff. There was this day where I just broke down and started crying, and I was like, "Why are you crying? Like, what's going on? Why do you feel uncomfortable?" And it occurred to me that it's because I'd been doing uncomfortable things. Mm-hmm. But here we are right now. I have just this morning, the fourth episode of the podcast went out. I'm recording the ninth episode with Makini right now. Like it's going, right? It's going. Yeah. It's getting yeah. easier and easier to just put my makeup on, sit in front of my computer and get this thing going. So, yes. so based on that, on what I just shared, to you, what is the importance, speaking particularly about entrepreneurs and people on the entrepreneurial journey, what is the importance of unpacking that inner identity? Well, the importance of it is if, if we don't, we don't progress within our business. We don't evolve mm-hmm. in what we're doing, n- not only as people, but in the, in the impact that we're able to make. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes we have this, idea that we either have to have it all figured out or that we have to, you know, take these giant steps to be able to reach our goals. And that's not true, right? Um, our, our brains are programmed for safety. Our brains are programmed for us to get the results that we're getting right now. Yeah. And we have to be the ones that change that. But that requires small steps. That requires breaking down the big thing yeah. and breaking it into small steps. Like whatever your goal is for your business. Okay, well, what can you do today that brings you one step towards that? Okay, what can you do this week to bring you one step towards that? What do you need to do this month to bring you one step towards that? All of it is one step closer to bringing you to your dreams rather than sitting there and not doing anything thinking oh, I don't have it all together. I don't have it all figured out. So once you take those small steps and you reward yourself with the small wins, Mm -hmm. you basically have incentive for yourself to say, okay, I'm going to do this thing again multiple times until I feel comfortable or you're ready to take the next step forward in your business. You know, as you were sharing about your podcast, it makes me think of like, when I started growing in personal development, my community kept asking me for a YouTube channel. I don't like to be on camera. I'm that shy. <laughs> so yep. I don't rewatch any of like video wise of anything that I've been on. Although people, you know, will give me their feedback and I'll just take it from there. But <laughs> I didn't like to be on camera. So I thought, how can I still serve my community and still stay within, I'm going to say, um, a zone that is within my capacity? Hmm. Because there's one thing about getting out of your comfort zone. And there's another thing with trying to change a part of yourself that you actually love. I love being an introvert. Mm. I love being able to recharge in my own time. I love being introspective. I love a lot of those things. Mm. And you mentioned earlier, the world is basically 
built for extroverts. You know, jobs want to hire people that are outgoing and outspoken and all those things, making people who are not those things feel like they don't fit in. No, we are special for a reason. There's a book called uh, Quiet. I think I was, the I was just going to mention Quiet, Susan Cain. Yes, yes. I, it's like right up there on my bookshelf. One of the best books I've ever read for anyone who feels introverted, highly sensitive, highly recommended. But yeah. Absolutely. Yes. And that book actually helped me get more comfortable and own being an introvert. Because it's yep. like, wow, we like back in the day, we would have been part of why our tribe survived because of our mm. instincts, because of our sensitivity, because of our ability to look out for things that other people don't notice. Yep. So I'm like loving <laughs> who I am and not trying to change that. Yeah. Um, now I totally forgot what my point was, what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're talking about the importance of peeling off the layers for entrepreneurs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I still wanted to remain, you know, who yeah. I am, but I wasn't ready for starting a YouTube channel. Mm. And starting a podcast was a way that I could still connect with the community, still serve, still, you know, create that impact. I had no idea what I was doing. I was not comfortable with the sound of my own voice. All these things required me to come out of my comfort zone. And once I did that, like, it took on a complete life of its own, but I got more comfortable as I went along. You know, I started out, like, my anxiety through the roof before every single interview. Now I've got over 200 plus interviews out there on the podcast and it's like nothing to me. You know, I don't write any questions in advance. I don't have to think about all these things. I don't get nervous if I'm, you know, interviewing somebody that's super, I'm like, at the end of the day, we're all people, it's a conversation. My comfort level with it is way higher than it was before. So my confidence as a podcaster grew through my confidence. And at one point when I even thought about quitting, not doing a podcast anymore, I'm like, is anybody listening? Is this really, you know, adding value? Mm. And I took a short break and that's when I discovered the global rankings. And I was like, oh, wow. I am doing way better than I thought. Yeah. And that helped boost my confidence in what I was doing. So now the consistency of me still doing that within my business and adding that as a pillar within my business, yeah. I'm more inclined to do so because I see the benefits, not just in the personal development for myself, but the business as a whole. One thing that has always helped me get outside of my comfort zone as an introvert is, and I don't know if this is a thing that is common to introverts in general, but I'm very service centered. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, my, one of my love languages is active service. Like I think it's the first mm-hmm. one actually. Right. And whenever I think about my purpose, why I was put on earth and the fact that there are people out there who are waiting for my message to get them out of whatever situation they're in, whatever that message is, whether it's through content strategy or marketing strategy or the mindset stuff, or just being a beacon of inspiration for them, that fires me up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. for me, that that purpose is what fires me up. And I will go beyond myself. Again, it's like you said, the uh, quiet also helped me embrace introversion. It helped me understand introver- introversion because self, self-knowledge yeah. is self-mastery, right? Yeah. So it helped me really understand like introversion. A lot of people think it's a lot of introverts are shy, but introversion itself is not shyness, right? right. It just yeah. means we recharge a different way. We, you know, and yeah. once you start to understand that about yourself, you start to appreciate that about yourself. So I still love being on my own, sitting on my couch, you know, watching TV, like all that stuff, just recharging on my own, reading a book, you know? Yeah. So, um, and I also forgot my point too, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, basically what I'm trying to say is you have to find what motivates you. 
Yes. You, you have to find what gives you fire. It's not the same thing for everyone, right? So for me, for instance, is that heart of service, is, is yes. purpose. That's what moves me beyond my comfort zone. And I feel like everyone needs to have that regardless of what it is they do. Do you agree? Yes, yes. And even like a part of uh, what we teach with the mindset coaching is yeah. service leadership. There you go. I think, um, so one, when you were saying that you don't know if the quality is more about introversion, I think it's more under like being an empath. Like when you're yes. empathetic, right? You Because we, we feel so deeply as highly sensitive people, mm. but being an empath, your ability to feel um, energy, emotion, spirit, all those things make us want to serve, make us want to help. It's, I don't know, it's like something deep. Yeah. <laughs> based on probably, you know, I'm going to go from all the psychology books that I read, but it's probably related to our childhood traumas and, you know, yeah. being able to want to help and not see other people suffer. Yeah. But I think it's a great quality to have mm. when you are running a business, because in order to run your business, you need to be of service and provide solutions for other people. Yeah. And you want it to be successful and to grow. And I think when you're focused on servant leadership, you can actually um, like have exponential growth within your business because you're not like ego centered. You're not mm. focused on just yourself. You're focused on community. You're f- focused on serving and helping and you know help doing things for for others. Um, I feel like my late mentor Bob Proctor. That was one main. I guess, lesson that I learned from him was the servant leadership. It was like, never approach anyone or anything with, you know, I want to make money off you or what he's like, people feel that energy. They may not even know what that is, but they feel that energy. You need to approach people from how can I serve you? How can I help be a solution to what you're doing? How, what can I do to bring you closer to your dreams? Um, even if you were, you know, let's say, I don't know, you want to make, hundred thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. if your focus is only on making that hundred thousand dollars a year you may have obstacles but if you were focused on helping five people make two thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. or whatever it is that will bring you the rewards that you're looking for yeah. because it, money is a reward for service yes it's a reward for putting value into the world i just said this at the seminar i hosted earlier this week it's an organic reward for putting value into the world and what you just said about bob proctor is something i'm learning from my mentor right now myron golding and he goes the best secret to selling is loving the people you're selling enough yeah and again for me that just that fires me up so let's talk about i'm glad you said that so let's talk about healing in general right Mm -hmm. and the importance of our of healing yourself of mental health as an entrepreneur we live in a world where a lot of prominent prosperous wealthy people in my opinion are very wounded yes and i feel like what happens when that happens is they spread the injury right Mm -hmm. They create a, 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 a trail of destruction in their wake, destroying the people around them without quite understanding that they're destroying the people around them. But, you know, like conscious people like you and I can see that, right? Yeah. So, however, I guess for some people, because of the materialistic world we live in, a lot of people see what they have and aspire to be that. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's dangerous. Very right? dangerous. It's very dangerous. Yeah. So, in your opinion... Knowing all that, what is the importance of healing and the importance of, you know, taking care of the mental health? When we don't heal our wounds, we bleed out on those around us. Mm. And many of us 
are adults walking around with our childhood wounds and childhood traumas and having all these trauma responses. So if we are not healing those wounds, not only is it impacting our lives, but it's affecting everyone that we come into contact with. You know, that, that um, saying hurt people hurt people, right? Because naturally as people, we project our insecurities onto other people. So if we have all of these childhood wounds inside and we are basically, you know, I'm going to say acting out of emotion for every single thing within our business, within our family life, within our, we're just destroying relationships and people all around us, right? We, we, I'm sure, you know, and I know a bunch of people that are just like, they leave a path of destruction everywhere that they go because they haven't healed anything. And then instead of doing reflection on how they can evolve themselves and do better and heal, they project and blame everything on everyone else and they play the victim. It's never their fault, right? But at the end of the day, every, every, how do I say this? Every experience is co-created. Hmm. This, you and I are co-creating an experience right now, hmm. right? And if we hadn't done work on ourselves, this would be a completely different experience. Hmm. So we may have scenarios that may be hurtful to us, but we all we also have to look at it's never a hundred percent somebody else's fault. How did we contribute to this? Even if it was five yep. percent, how did we contribute to this? Um, so when we don't heal those wounds, we are basically stuck in whatever mindset it was at the time of whatever trauma it was that we had back mm-hmm. then. Because when we're in survival mode, it actually stops that part of your brain that's able to find solutions. Mm-hmm. So we are we're limiting. Mm-hmm our evolution we're limiting our relationships we're limiting you know our results and our impact and all those things if we do not work on the healing like as much as i have been doing this work for so long every single day for me is like a a part of my healing journey yep i have to continually every day work on things because no matter even no matter how much we work on ourselves there's always always room to grow there's always work to be done and there will always be things that will trigger you and set you a couple steps back. And that doesn't mean that you didn't heal from that thing. It just means you're ready to go deeper. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. I know the importance of healing. I've seen the importance of healing. It means that I can relate with certain people in a way that doesn't harm, bring harm to mm-hmm. them or bring harm to me or bring, adds more hurt in, in the world, right? Mm-hmm. The issue that I have though is that I see a lot of people who I know. It's like you said, it's that inner child wound. And Mm -hmm. as highly sensitive, when you interact with those people who still have their inner child wound, it's almost like you can still see the child. Yes. Like, literally, I can still see the child in (laughs) The response is like a five-year-old. Exactly. It's like, what? Like, you're talking like a five-year-old. You know, it's like they're stuck at this certain age, right? And again, the danger in that, though, is that some of these people sometimes are in prominent positions where they are they are making a lot of money we live mm-hmm. in a world where people don't care though that they've left mm-hmm. a destruction in their wake before making that mm-hmm. money right mm-hmm. um one of my stories and one ongoing narrative in my in my journey has been the fact that i quit certain jobs because they threatened my values as a person mm-hmm. right maybe there's someone at work and maybe they're the boss and they don't care if someone's sick, they want the person working. That's not my value. So I, I, I would right. leave whatever situation. No amount of money can buy me out of my values, basically, is the way to put it, right? Yeah. But these people, in the eye of the world, continue to succeed. So the, the, the tricky part for me there is convincing a world 
that sees money as the be all end all, that healing is important when they see these people in prominent positions, so-called succeeding without having healed some of their inner child and not even being willing to face and heal them. Because a lot of mm-hmm. them are just, like you said, in denial, right? They deflect. Yeah. It's always everyone's fault. It's never their fault, right? They're perfect in their opinion. But um, so, yeah. So how do we convince people in a world like that, that healing is important? So, but here, here's the other thing. Like, you can't help people that don't believe that there's a problem, mm-hmm. right? There are certain personalities, you know, like narcissistic personality disorder yeah. and stuff like that, where they don't believe that they are the issue. They honestly believe to their core that it is not them, that is everyone else, because they're always in, in fight mode, right? Mm-hmm. So there are certain... At the end of the day, we only have control of ourselves. We can't control other people. Mm. So we have to be more mindful of what we do, who we let around us. We have to be more mindful of our boundaries. We have to be more mindful of who we surround ourselves with, the environments that we are in, the things that we do, because we can't control anyone else. I, like if you, if you even think about, you know, a lot of famous comedians or rich people or people that, you know, someone may have admired and and wanted their life and that person ended up committing suicide they had all the money in the world but they weren't happy Hmm. because there's a lot of celebrities that got quick money right so if you look at the stats of uh people who win the lottery Hmm. and how quick they go broke or bankrupt because there's a process to everything right they they were they were not equipped Hmm. for the finances that they have Hmm. so their emotional development did not develop as quickly as their bank account did so they may Woo, you know, that's a word <laughs> that's a word right there their emotional development did not develop as quickly as the bank accounts did that's a word yes. right there. Yeah. <laughs> like they they may have uh, you know they, they were not equipped mm. to handle you know a thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars and then they were given millions mm. right so they squander it they will do drugs or because they haven't worked on the emotional part they do things to numb themselves you know the drinking or partying or or whatever it is that they choose to do so we may see the destructive behavior but at the end of the day we don't have control over that and i my thing is i i don't think i've ever wanted to be someone that had control over everybody in the world because that would just be insane but I believe that anyone that is connected to me anyone that God puts to listen to me or see me or you know consume my content those are the people I was meant to minister to those are the people that are open to hearing what it is that I have to say and I feel like healed people hear differently because I could say the same exact thing to two different people and one person takes offense and one person appreciates what it is that I have to say so we can't control other people and how they receive things if they haven't healed. Girl, that was the, that was the most beautiful response, you know. And I feel like sometimes as people who we want to see change in the world, we, we we start to hurt and get frustrated when people aren't seeing the things that we're seeing, and that the have the behavioral patterns they have can harm not only themselves but put more harm into the world. So that mm-hmm. was the most beautiful response and it reminded me of something my therapist talked to me about, right? She said, and that's the thing, even most of his narcissistic personality, people with narcissistic personality disorder, the one of the biggest issues there is that they try to control other people. Mm-hmm. They assume they have way more control over the world than they do, right? And so my my therapist talked to me about like, yeah, that's a dysfunction, right? Yeah. Like wanting other people to change to the point where 
um, you don't see that there's no alignment between you and the person. It's just, it's at right. the end of the day, it's just probably we just have different values and that's okay, yes. you know? Yeah. So remove yourself from situations, which is what, you know, honestly, I've always done at the end of the day is I've always just removed myself from situations where there is an, al- an alignment in values and alignment in the way we see the world. Because at the end of the day, what we just do when you stay in those situations is to just hurt each other, right? Yes, So yes. I, like the more that you are your authentic self, the yeah. more you will attract people who are like you yes. and you'll repel people who are not. Yes. So, you know, you will have people that will see your stuff and be like, mm, that's not for me. No, thanks. Mm. You don't want those people anyway. That's okay. Right? Yeah. You are not aligned with those people. Yep. Those are not your people. You're not meant to minister to those people. Yep. And that's okay. Yep. I think there are some people that are just stuck on this idea that they want everyone to like them and everyone to listen to them. That's not how it's supposed to be. Yep. We don't like everybody. Why would we want everybody to like us? It's dysfunctional. (laughs) But when it comes to, you know, certain personality types and that that control, like what you said, like people with a narcissistic personality disorder, they are all about power and control. And again, because of their childhood traumas and their wounds, they are trying to control a scenario because they don't want certain things to happen again. So they, if they are, if they feel they are in control then it makes them feel better. But then those dangerous type of personalities are attracted to people like us who are empaths and highly sensitive people. And the reason that they are attracted to people like us is because of our strong qualities. They want to emulate them. They want to mirror them. They want to suck you dry of all of your energy and leave you empty. You are about to move me to tears because I was just going to ask about that. I was like, why is it that? I was like, Buddha's question. Why is it that they're attracted to us? Mm-hmm. What is that I about? <laughs> I had to. So I unfortunately um, had multiple experiences with narcissistic abuse. Likewise. And, I, I, and it, it had to be the healing part of it to get me to realize, oh, I attract narcissists. And a lot of people huh. would probably never want to admit that. But that was part of me saying I'm ready for my healing because when when you have childhood wounds and childhood traumas, okay, so here here's the thing. I'm probably gonna take this whole conversation in a different direction. Girl, you're good. No worries. <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> when you um, so let's say a child that has experienced trauma, you could have two kids in one household, mm. and they experience some form of trauma. One child can become an empath, and one can end up with narcissistic personality disorder. Yep. The one who's the empath wants to nurture the world and love on everybody because they never want anyone to feel that hurt ever again. Mm the narcissistic personality disorder person is like forget this no one is ever going to hurt me again i'm going to control every situation and i'm going to use these people for my good because i am the victim here right so the two different mentalities so narcs end up being attracted to empaths because we feed their need we feed all of the things that they are looking for and we do that because when we had our childhood wounds and childhood traumas, we were not taught the proper boundaries. So they get to continue to take, 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 take. And we are over here giving, 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 thinking that we are doing something great. But th- there's no there's no limit with them. There's nowhere where their brain says, oh, stop, this is too much. You're taking advantage. No, it's yeah. all about manipulation and control with them. This is why I love what I do. Because... <laughs> I just came out of a situation. And again, it's just like you said, I'm like literally on my own, living my life. And then people approach me. I have no suspicions about who they are. I open up to them again because I'm an empath and I want to receive everyone. I want everyone to feel good. And then they end up trying to control my life in some way and change like 
the way this past situation devolved was so fast. I was like, how did I get here again? Again, because it's happened before. That's their pattern. They do it fast because they need to get past that barrier of trust. So if they come in with the love bombing and all that stuff, you let your guard down. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Well, there you have it, folks. (laughs) If you identify as a highly sensitive, that's why. Because, you know, I think I feel like, you know, like you said, some people are resistant to admit that you attract narcissists. But I, I have mentors in every sphere, business mentor, therapist. I have a spiritual mentor who, always, who also said what you said. She said mm-hmm. that's the reason why they're attracted to us because we're givers, right? So they want to take, take, take from us. So, um, so yeah, for anyone who's uh, an empath or highly sensitive and you feel like you attract narcissists, it's not about you. <laughs> it's not because there's something wrong with you. But I feel like McKinney just expressed the importance of setting up boundaries for ourselves. This is a segment called Tell Me Something Real. And you've already told us so many things that are real. But if we could get realer than we've gotten so far, just something real about your life, uh, your journey in general, that will encourage someone who might be in a tough situation right now uh, to just keep pushing and they'll get out of that situation. Tell us something real. Something real. I guess we could relate it to what we were just talking about. Um, So after realizing that I used to attract narcs and having to do the necessary work to heal myself and learn to set healthy boundaries. Um, I went through a phase where I was like, I don't think the type of relationship or love that I desire exists. And to tell you something real, I was very wrong. Um, I, my, my partner now is exactly everything that I prayed for Mm. you know I I feel seen heard and understood I feel loved um I get affirmed with words of encouragement daily I get the support that I need um you know he loves my children as well like to be real Mm. I once thought that this was not possible Mm. and to be able to experience this and feel this and share it mm. um, has definitely helped me as a person. And it's it's helped on my healing journey. Like I took the time to be alone, obviously, um, but it's helped on my healing journey because things that I, how do I say this? I had to relearn how mm. to be loved because I had experienced like toxic love. Yes. And when someone is trying to love you in a healthy way and you kind of are like, well, well, well what's your agenda here? What, what's yeah. this about? I had to like, <laughs> to be real. Yeah. As a mindset coach, I had to shift my own paradigm about relationships. So um, yeah, that's real. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's very real. Thank you so much for sharing that. And congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> congratulations <laughs> of finding a, a relationship that works for you because i know how hard that is you know i mm-hmm. know how it feels to be misunderstood i know how it feels to feel like there's something wrong with you you know mm-hmm. and then I, I also know how hard how it feels to have someone come in and go there's everything right with you right you know mm-hmm. there's nothing that's too much about your emotions or about the way you feel and just accept you and love you for who you are so i'm very yes. happy for you thank, <laughs> thank you so you. much for sharing that so um tell us where people can find you and find your work yes thank you um people can find me anywhere online if you google mckinney smith or walk in my stilettos um the uh, website is walkmystilettos.com and my publishing business it's legacy leavers um ca uh instagram the real mckinney smith um i've got the legacy leapers page the walk my stilettos page uh books are available online everywhere the podcast is a heal her podcast um yeah 
That is awesome. So I'll also put Makini's information in the show notes if you're listening to this podcast right now. She's a wonderful, wonderful person. I just had the most healing, speaking of healing, healing conversation, because <laughs> I learned more about myself as a highly sensitive. And see, this is the reason why it's important to be candid, because you never know yeah. who's out there and they're just set up the way you are. And they'll make yeah. you feel just a little more understood, you know? Yeah. So thank you yeah. so much for your time here. And this has been the Real Talk About Entrepreneurship podcast. Reach out to McKinney on Instagram. I'll put her information in the show notes. If you enjoyed listening to this episode almost as much as I enjoyed recording it, feel free to share it with a loved one who might find it helpful as well. And subscribe to this podcast so you know when a new episode drops.